Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. My name is Cutter, though you may know me as Three Bears in a Coat on Air on HD1, and welcome to this episode of You'll Never Believe Me But. Never Believe Me But is a storytelling podcast being produced here at WKNC about lying to me. Every episode, I have a guest on, and they tell me two stories, one real and one fake, and I have to decide which is real between them. For those of you that are new here, or for those of you that need a quick refresher, I'm going to run down the three rules we have here before we get into today's episode. Rule number one, your story should not do significant damage to anyone else or their character. We're not trying to be outwardly mean to anyone other than ourselves. Rule number two, if someone else is featured in your story, you must either have their permission to say their name or use a fake name for them. You agreed to come on this show and tell these stories, but unless they agreed to have these stories told, just use a fake name. And rule number three, and this is the easiest one, all stories should start with, you'll never believe me, but, and then a brief synopsis before starting the story, just so we all know what we're getting into, and as a nice little nod to the show's title. So with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. Today's guest is Maddie, one of my closest friends and someone that I've been storytelling with for a very long time. Maddie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on today, Cutter. Of course. I'm happy to have you on. We've been talking about this for a while. Um, you were one of the first people that like got to know about this project, and I'm so glad that I got to have you on as the last guest of season one. Hey, I'm, I'm excited to be here. So you know me. I love to talk. You do, and that's why I'm very excited to have you, because not only do you love to, love to talk, you're, you've had a crazy life. Like, I, I mean, it's not absurd and ridiculous, but there are some things that, that you tell me, even, you know, as we just continue to, to interact and I continue to learn things about you, there are things that you tell me that are just wild. Like, you lived in Atlanta for most of your childhood? I did. I moved to North Carolina when, actually, about a couple weeks before my eighth birthday, uh, so yeah, there's a couple of funny stories that go along with all of that. Wow. Will we be hearing anything about your Atlanta based childhood in either of your two stories today? Both of my two stories are oh, from my childhood. Wow. Very topical then. Glad I brought that up. <laughs> but it it is exciting though to have you on because we've been doing storytelling stuff for a while. We've been playing tabletop role playing games together for I wanna say probably three years now. Yep. Um, on and off, of course, but we've been playing together for a while, and you are one of you are one of my favorite people to have at the table with me because you do such a good job building up characters and telling a story uh, with those characters. I'm excited to see that come through here. Oh well, thank you. Uh, hopefully, the energy I bring to both Toriel and Baron on our tabletop sessions will come through. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Uh, you were actually just telling me before we got started um, that one of your stories is an anthology of a few little vignettes. Can you, uh, without revealing any of the plot, if you can, can you speak more to what that's going to be all, like, that's wild. We never had that kind of story on before. Um, I definitely think that for my parents, I was a handful that's huh. as okay. much as I okay. can tell you. Fair enough. Fair enough. I am very excited to imagine a, a little a little Maddie causing chaos in the Atlanta suburbs. 
Oh, yeah. Actually, it wasn't the suburbs. It's South Atlanta. So a little bit of the hood. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. All right. Well, either way, I'm very excited to hear your two stories because I know that you've been ready to get on the show for a while. And there was a point where it was looking like you weren't actually going to be able to make it on in the summer. And we were going to have to pull you back from App State when you went to college to get here. But I'm glad that we could all work it out. And you're my final guest. You're the last guest of season one. How do you feel about that? You know, I'm really honored to be here. I've never actually done anything like this. And I love to tell stories. Um, Even my boyfriend sometimes tells me that I maybe talk a little bit too much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I... uh, I'm happy that I was able to find a break from my place in the capitalist cog. <laughs> mm-hmm. You you work a lot, which I, I respect. And again, get the bag, whatever. Do what you got to do. But you work a ton. I mean, you're working, what, 30 some odd hours a week this, this summer? 32 plus my side hustles. Jeez, that <laughs> is absurd. But, I mean, I respect it. And, and you've been enjoying it, at least as far as you've been telling me for the most part. Um, unless that's changed recently. Well, I definitely think uh-huh. that there are aspects <laughs> about it that I'm jaded about. Sure, but, sure. Um, I think that there are a lot of aspects that I enjoy about my job. Um, I'm a stylist at Banana Republic mm-hmm. currently. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so as you know, retail can be a little bit interesting. Yes, it yeah, can. For sure. Yes, it can. Um, customers always right. Yep. Yeah, that sounds amazing and super not frustrating at all. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I yeah, know. Um, wow. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Some nonsense. You know how it is. Oh, and sure, sure. By the way, none of my statements reflect the uh, ideals or uh, statements of the Gap affiliated company. Thank you. Sure, sure. That's a good call. Good call. Good call. If you're going to bring him into it. Um, that's amazing. I'm very excited for this. Uh especially just to have you on. We actually, I was, we were talking about this earlier. Um, Our general manager here at the station is also named Maddie. It's not you, different Maddies, but I like that we have this sort of, this sort of sandwich of people in between Maddies um, to start and end this season. I don't know if that's something that I'll do again. This was kind of an accident, but I think it's funnier this way. Hey, Maddie superiority. I'm all for it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's not say anything ridiculous. Either way. I'm very excited to get into this. Unless you have any, you know, last minute questions for me, I think we can go ahead and get started. Uh, I'm excited, too. Let's get going. All right. Well, Maddie, take it away. You'll never believe me, but Tyler Perry was present at an acting class I went to as a child. (laughs) That is amazing. So you were a child actor in Atlanta. This is something that we've talked about a little bit. Um, so the, the acting class thing makes sense. How old were you when you went to this acting class? I was probably about six, wow. I'd like to say. Okay. Um, okay. so I wasn't that old and part of this is, you know, stuff that my mom also told me sure, because, sure. you know, no one remembers shit when you're that age. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. So with all, all that out of the way, I'll let you go ahead and get into your story. So Tyler Perry was there at an acting yeah. class. So when I lived in Atlanta, as as you know, Tyler Perry's, you know, whole studio setup, all of his like filming and stuff is in Atlanta. Like, I did not know that, but well, that makes sense. Well, two of my childhood friends, Hallie and Chloe Bailey, who are quite big now, 
they also lived in Atlanta at the same time as I did. Mm -hmm. And they were actually in, I think, a couple of Tyler Perry movies. So we all belong to sort of the same um, acting group, sort of like all of our moms would hang out together while we were all auditioning, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Sure, Um, sure. So when I was when I was a kid, I tried out for a couple of different roles. Um, most infamously, Renesme from Twilight. Wow! Yes. I did not know that. Yeah, I was almost, you did not tell me that. I was almost the demon baby. That's awesome, and you weren't, which is so sad. I, you know, now now that I am kind of a fan of the Twilight movies, and ironically, <laughs> I think now I would have uh, been much more into it. Sure, sure. That is so sad. And it, who got the role of Renezme Demon Baby, if you I don't remember? Even, I don't even know her. I don't even oh, think she's from Atlanta. Wow. <laughs> Terrible. Whatever. Anyways. But anyway, my agents were the ones who had like Dakota Fanning and I think Corbin Blue. Okay. The guys, the guy from right. like high school musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like kind of a big kind of a big deal. Sure. But yeah. um I got accepted to that acting company and that production company. Um, through their open call day. And so I went in and uh, like they were, you know, hundreds of people online. I went and auditioned. They're like, boom. How does it sign up? How does a a, a five, six year old child audition? Um, I'm not really sure. I remember being at a birthday party, (laughs) one of my friend's birthday parties. And I had recently read The Runaway Pancake. Um, okay. The Runaway Pancake mm-hmm. um, from the library, which was minuscule, sure. where I went. Sure. Um, and I read The Runaway Pancake and memorized the whole thing. Hmm. Okay. And so we okay. were all sitting around telling stories as a kid, like all, as our like kid friend group. Right, right. And, um, you know, the other kids were like, oh, the grass is green, the sky is blue, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I get up there and I'm like... Here's the story of the runaway pancake, (laughs) you know? That's phenomenal. I actually, when I was a kid um, in, gosh, I don't even know. I would have been like a young, young kid. I did not know how to read at this point, however young I was. But I learned a book by heart, kind of like you did, um, just from my parents telling it to me over and over again. But in addition, right, I wouldn't just know the story. I would know the words exactly. And then I learned when to flip the pages to make it look like I was reading the book, like out loud. Oh my god! And so I would be like, I would read all the words, and then I'd like show the pictures, and then I'd flip the page, and then read. All, but I was not reading; I was just straight up memorized and spitting it back out. So yeah, I mean, that's some serious acting right oh, there. Oh, sure, that's certainly a thing you could call it, or just weirdo <laughs> child behavior. <laughs> Well, so very relatable. Anyway, you you got up and told the story of the runaway pancake yeah, from memory, yeah. and Phenomenal. so all the other parents at the um at the birthday party were like, "Wow, you should get this kid into acting." To my mom, and my mom was like, "Really? Like, you know, like <laughs> this isn't just a thing that normal kids do?" And they're like, "No, no, normal kids don't memorize stories at age five. Yeah, you know? that's weird." <laughs> um, so I remember going to a bunch of acting classes and like little little like workshops i guess sure sure um and you know i remember there was one where my mom and i had to memorize a book together and act it out you know stuff like that's that. that's cute yeah, yeah yeah um but this acting class in particular actually had like um an acting guy from um 
New York and like it was at coach. Tyler it was at Tyler Perry's like compound uh, place where he like makes all of his movies. Okay, sure. So it sure. was sort of like a joint audition plus like acting camp thing. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I walk in there, right? I'm six years old. Strutting and in. We're supposed to, you know, go in and create like a commercial with all of these kids. And so just for reference, like all of the stage moms are also like in the room. Gotcha. My mom is sure. totally was totally not a stage mom. Right. It was kind yeah, of like yeah. she does it because she wants to do it for fun. You know, right. if totally. it's not fun, we're not going to do it anymore. Which I think is the the right way to do most things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And <laughs> so I'm I'm like in my little group. Right. Mm. And. I'm trying to like assign roles and I'm like six. So like the kids in this group are older than I am. And like, oh, yeah. of course they're not going to take shit. From, uh, yeah, like, I'm sure that I'm sure that seven, eight, nine year olds are like super pumped to, to take orders from, from a six year old. Oh yeah. No. And I was bossy. So yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so these stage moms are all listening in too, because you know, they're like, Oh, making sure their kid is saying the right, right thing around right. this talent guy. And um, I'm like standing there and we're supposed to perform it for this talent guy. And I go up to like two of the girls in the group and I mm -hmm. say, OK, we're doing a commercial. You two are going to be lesbians. Phenomenal, by the way, stage moms turn to my mom and they go, did you tell her to say that? My mom's just like, no, like, she's, no, she's there. She's just so, a weird kid. Right. And so, like, soon after this, Tyler Perry walks in. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't know who this guy is. Right. No, he's just a, I don't know he's who just this a guy. guy. I don't yeah. know who this guy is. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of just like, oh, it's just a random dude. You know, right, and all these sure. stage moms are, like, starstruck or whatever. Right, and right. And so someone messes up when we're doing our, like, Gotcha. You're you're you know, you're seeing your commercial. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And happens. so I end up like someone messes up and I get frustrated and I say shit as a little <laughs> six year old. Oh my gosh. And my mom is mortified because like it's in front of this like acting legend. Like some right, of my right. friends are in the room. That's amazing. It was terrible. And so she like. I remember her taking me aside and saying, honey, you can't say that. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> but I'm out here like, mom, that's learned behavior. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't, I don't know, know what you what want you're me talking to do. About. Mommy says it, so I can't. Yeah. You know? Monkey see, monkey do. Exactly. For sure. For sure. Um, and so <laughs> Tyler Perry, like, just is like laughing or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. That's hilarious. Um, and so later I actually end up getting an audition at wow. his at his company okay sure yeah sure. and um i'm going in with like my main rival i'm not gonna say her name because i'm I don't sorry know you had a childhood acting rival i did that's she was, amazing actually we both got we were both the runner-ups for i think a movie with kevin spacey which is now like not now good. A, a good thing to have been around a runner-up right but i think it was like this movie about an inventor or something like that and we were both the runner-ups to play his daughter so if they wanted a brunette, they would choose her. And if they wanted a blonde, they would choose me. Yeah, you were blonde as a kid. I was. I was a little, little cherub, adorable. Uh -huh. um, and I was actually, as a child, they told me that if they ever needed someone to play a young Laura Dern, that would be hmm. me. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, no. So I end up going to this audition and we're both in there at the same time. And I, I think she ended up getting cast for it. Oh, but jeez, um, rivals. Yeah, no. It was it was so frustrating for me. But yeah, no, that's the story of how I cursed in front of Tyler Perry. As a six year old. As a six year old. In an acting, you know, environment. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. I just uh, yeah, I'm such I'm filled with such a warm image of 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 a six year old Maddie cursing in front of Tyler Perry and him losing his mind over it. Because yeah. that's the funniest thing. Like when I when I work with kids, because I you know, a lot of my jobs outside of here, I, yeah. I spend a lot of time with kids. And when they curse, it is quite possibly one of the funniest things. Oh yeah. Like just ever. Because they they've got their little voices and their little cadence where uh-huh. they're like, and it's so sincere yeah, too. Yeah, and and they never they never do it wrong. Like I've never heard a kid curse like a, like a young kid curse and it not be warranted. Yeah, that's fair. Like I think that's my favorite part is because like you know us older people who've been cursing for a while, we'll curse at anything. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter anymore. We oh, yeah. curse curse words are are so much less meaningful now. But when you're like six, seven, eight. Maybe you nine, ten, and if you hear one of them curse, they earned it. There's something mega happened, <laughs> and they deserve to use that word, whatever it is. Oh, That's yeah. oh, amazing. So you cursed in front of Tyler Perry. I did. That's phenomenal. And then, do you think that maybe that curse was the reason Tyler Perry chose your rival over you? I don't know, but it, mm. it might it might have dashed my acting chances. Who knows? Maybe if you maybe if you hadn't cursed in front of Tyler Perry, you would still be in Atlanta, and you would be the next. I don't know. Well, my my acting company did want me to move to L.A. So wow, that sounds miserable. Yeah, no, I my mom was like, hell no. <laughs> And I think that's the right call. L.A. is a terrible, terrible place. Oh yeah, no. but that's amazing. Wow. Ugh. And to think, what would have happened if you hadn't, at six years old, cursed in front of Tyler Perry? Yeah. What a weird butterfly effect. You learned, you memorized this story as a child, and then that led you to cursing in front of Tyler Perry. That's amazing. What a what a what a full life you lived at the age of six. I know. I peaked. Really. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, cursing in front of Tyler Perry is hilarious. I don't think it's the most significant thing you'll do with your life. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe I'll be standing at my wedding and being like, "Damn, this doesn't beat cursing in front of Tyler Perry." <laughs> well, when that happens, I will ask you if it beats cursing in front of Tyler Perry. Very I should fair. hope it does. But yeah, you'll be there. So Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I should hope so. I guess we'll find out when we get there. No rush. But <laughs> that's amazing. Well, that's a phenomenal first story. Thank you so much. No problem. All right. You'll never believe me, but ever since I've been born, I've been a menace to my father, Keith Minton. <laughs> that actually does make a lot of sense. I have I have interacted with you and your father a great deal. And I will say, you definitely, you definitely are a little bit bullish towards Keith on 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 a lot of occasions. Oh yeah, no, I totally bully my dad, but like in a loving oh, way. Oh no, I'm not saying that at all. But no, you're you're definitely a menace even now. Oh for sure. Yeah, no, I'll walk in a room and look at him and be like stinky, and then walk away, and he's like, "Thanks, I really appreciate that." <laughs> no reason, totally unnecessary as well. Yeah, no, like wildly unnecessary. Yeah, no, and sometimes I'll just point at him and stare, and he'll be like, "What?" I'll just stare. That's it. Yeah. Wow, 
yeah, you you definitely you definitely are a menace to him. But I'm sure that this story is filled with some like actual events. So please take it away. Oh yeah. Um. So when I was born, my mm-hmm. dad was unemployed. Mm-hmm. He had just gotten laid off like right before I was born. So that's frustrating. Yeah, Not great. sucks. Unlucky. Um. But. He does tell me nowadays that he really appreciates that time because he was able to spend a lot of time with me when I was a baby. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's part of the reason why we're so close today is because, you know, he really took the time to be like a hands-on dad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, both my parents were. I really appreciate both of them. Love sure, them. Sure, sure. Uh, some of my favorite people to actually hang out with. I know as weird, as as lame as that might sound. Oh, no, it, yes, absolutely. Sounds very lame. Oh, well. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I mean, hey, I love hanging out with my parents too, but that doesn't make it not lame. That's just, I mean, that's just the nature of the thing. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, your dad, yeah, my dad did the same thing. He was he was a stay-at-home dad, and, and he and I spent a, a lot, a lot of time together, especially when, when I was young. So yeah. I'm right there with you. So my mom worked for, for a company that took her to Boston a lot hmm. during my childhood, so my dad and I would go with her, especially when I was like an infant. Right, sure. She she didn't really want to be away from me that much. She kind of, you know, took the path of like not being such a like businesswoman to actually like kind of be able to have those moments with me and be a mom. Right, you know? absolutely. Which yeah. I really appreciate. I think that it, it it's made me the person I am today. Sure, sure. But I remember we... Uh, we're going, my dad had me in a stroller mm-hmm. and we we're going on the freedom trail in Boston, right? Sure. Awesome. Cool, cool little walk. Boston's lovely. Yeah, no. Um, I was a menace on this walk. <laughs> uh-huh. I was terrible. Sure. Um, like I shit my diaper. I mean, hey, happens. I mean, happens when you're a baby, right? Yeah. But that's babies. There were no public restrooms for like a five mile radius. Oh my God. So Keith. Had to actually get down on the pavement and change me right there. In the just in the middle in of the, the middle of the street. What? That's wild. Yeah, I know. And so I'm just sitting there like a little shit. You know, I'm just right. like, I'm like, haha. Yeah, had absolutely. To do this, absolutely. Know? Um, so we're walking, right? All mm-hmm. of a sudden it gets real cold. Hmm. Real Chilly. fast. Okay, sure. Um, and you know how the north is, like, weather can change. Yeah, it, it happens. It starts snowing. Oh. Yeah, no. Huh. And my dad is out there walking with me, and he's like, oh, man, I didn't bring a jacket. Oh, that sucks. That does suck. I look up at him. I, How old are you, just for reference? Less than a year old. Okay, great. Um, And so this attitude has followed me mm-hmm. through clearly, my life. Clearly. And this look is something that I still get my dad. Hmm. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like... I am I am fussy, man. I am cold. I am angry. Sure, sure. And so he 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 takes me back to the hotel, but he he loves telling that story because he thinks it's hilarious. Sure. And this is this is not the only occasion that I was kind of terrible to my dad. Right, naturally. Um when I was about two. Okay. Um we we lived in the middle of the city, so it was kind of like you know, we took our car, car everywhere. Right, you know, parked right. it on the street. Yeah. Um, he's sitting there, and he accidentally locks the car with me inside ah, on the street. Yep, that'll do it. And so he's sitting there for like an hour, trying to get me 
because it was one of those Passats, like one of those like sort of like station wagon type things with little locks that pop up and down in the right. window. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's sitting there with me and I'm in my little like car seat mm-hmm. and I'm just like hanging out. Yeah. I, I'm vibing. I'm happy to have the alone time. Right. Um. He's like, he's like, come on, sweetie, pull up the lock, pull up the lock. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> acting like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm right, like, I'm sure. sitting there like being a baby. You know, right? But as doing doing baby stuff. Yeah, babbling, just kind of smacking around. Smacking, yeah, smacking the glass. You know, putting my nose on the glass, totally. looking at it. You know, Absolutely. just being gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my mom was out of town. Oh, of course. So I go and I'm 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 just hanging out in the car. Sure. Right. So my dad has to call the fire department because I I won't open this car. Yeah. And he left the keys in the car. Jeez, yeah, totally. So, <laughs> the fire department shows up, like, full full stop. Like, wow. Full, full fire truck, like, everything. Like, lights, alarm. Lights, uh, alarms, wow, wow. everything on our tiny little street sure, in Atlanta. Yeah. And so, this is getting the attention of some of the neighbors. I would right? imagine. Right? And so, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, and the fire the fireman comes up and goes, Hey, sweetie. Can you pull it up? Mm-hmm. First try. Oh, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. Oh, yeah. That's phenomenal. And so I embarrassed my dad in front of the entire street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I. That's amazing, I just though. chose not to see. I chose not to listen. Right. You just, you're selective hearing. Yeah. And I, you know, I definitely think that, you know, some, some of those times uh, definitely has shaped my relationship with my dad now. Sure, sure. Uh, all the way to now, where mm-hmm. we're, you know, driving in our, our Jeep on the Corolla Beach mm-hmm. up up at, like, the Virginia border. It's, it's nice, but right, sure. also very stressful because he one time got our Outback stuck in the sand there. Ah, and I was yep. like, I was freaking out, man. I was like, absolutely not. Never again. <laughs> he was like, guess uh, what? We're going. Sure, I was like, totally. Okay. So we're we're driving around Kerala, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I I learned that day that he he really enjoys his time with me, and that yeah. like, and I mean, I already knew that, but right, right, you know, there's nothing like driving down the beach screaming tribute by Tenacious D with your dad <laughs> in the jeep. <laughs> That's phenomenal! Wow. And and how did you turn this into you being a menace, or was this just like a nice moment? Well, that was a nice moment. Oh. But I was kind of. Oh. I, I think I think that it's. I think that I gotta balance out my menace moments with right. being oh sure being nice. sure. But yeah, no, I wanted to end it on a nice note with Absolutely. my dad. Absolutely, that's so sweet. But yeah, definitely menace behavior. I know as a child, I wasn't particularly like bad. There was one time, and I will tell this story because I think it's one of the funniest things. Uh, There was one time, it was like late at night or early in the morning, I don't know which, right? An inconvenient time to be awake. I was not a good sleeper as a kid. Mm. It was not my thing. So we're opposites. Um, Yeah. And so I I was up at an inconvenient time. And my dad was laying in bed, holding me like up above him, just like playing with me, trying to keep... Uh, let my mom sleep and so my dad is playing with me and I'm like you know giggling and, and laughing a little bit and he 
he smiles and then he opens his mouth to say something and i am you know maybe no. maybe eight you know eight inches to a foot above his above his face and i just on-site vomit <laughs> And I and and he loves this story because I vomited into his mouth like directly, like no, like basically just clean shot. And so now it is like, you know, we'll call it like 2 a.m. Yeah. My mom's asleep. Oh, (laughs) my dad is holding a baby who just threw up into his mouth with like laying in bed and that's it. And Man. so he got up and spit it out and basically tried to put me back down and I think brushed his teeth probably for like five minutes afterwards. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because we don't, he doesn't ever tell this part of the story because it doesn't matter. The fact that I vomited into his mouth, like as precisely as I did, <laughs> is is truly probably one of the best things I've ever done. Real menace behavior. Oh yeah, truly horrible, horrible stuff. One might say we're the menace gang. I Maybe. I don't know. I really didn't do too much that was, I didn't, you know, embarrass my dad in front of a whole city block or anything like that. <laughs> but I mean, I did vomit in his mouth, but at least I did it in the privacy of, of our own home and through the cover of night. Well, well now it's public, so oh, yeah. can't say I don't care. there. Hey, whatever. <laughs> it's still funny. Uh, no, that is phenomenal. I totally understand that, though. No, you and your dad have a great relationship. I think yeah. it's, I think it's a, I think it's a phenomenal relationship. Yeah. Um, I really, I really love him. He, he's a great dude. Um, shout out Keith. Yeah, shout out to Keith Hinton. Keith, you're cool. Well, what a guy. Yeah, what a guy. Well, that's amazing. Thank you for being a menace and for telling the, this story. You're very welcome. I'm very happy to tell it. <laughs> well, Maddie, those are two phenomenal stories, <laughs> both about you as as a, a child causing problems. Oh, I would yes. argue. Which is honestly when I think we're all at our best, is when we're children causing problems for other people. Well, you know, I think a lot of my best stories are from when I was a child, you know, before I was jaded against the world. And, <laughs> sure, sure. You know, I have a lot of other instances, including the I see dead people stuff. You know about that. I do. Yes, yeah. yes. Where you I, you said that to your, oh, geez, I don't. I don't remember the full story. To my mom. Yeah, I was like, there's, there's two children in the attic making fun of me. And my mom is like, what the hell? Yeah, not okay. That's insane, by the way. That's terrifying. Yeah, no, I definitely was an interesting child, though. I, I kept my parents on my to- on, on their toes. Definitely. While, you know, still sleeping through the night. So Hey, that's, I mean, that's kind of a win at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so two phenomenal stories. I, I think... I think I'm going to guess that the second story, the anthology story, is true. It is. Oh, yes. Okay. And the reason that I guess that, I didn't know what it was about that first story, right? But it felt like, it felt like that's, like, at least to me, I feel like if you had cursed in front of Tyler Perry, which, by the way, objectively hilarious, is not, like, I think, I think your mom would have reacted much differently. That's fair. Like knowing your mom, I feel like that well, would have happened honestly, differently. I mean, the cursing part was true. I mean, all of it actually was true, other than the meeting Tyler Perry part. Everything really? else in that story is true. So, so just Tyler Perry like didn't show up. No, I Frankenstein two stories together and oh, added in Tyler Perry to spice things up. Interesting. Okay, so you did go to a commercial shoot. 
and did. did tell two girls to be lesbians. I did. That That's is, uh, honestly probably the best part. It was actually like an acting like workshop with a guy from New York. Yeah. And he That's thought awesome. he thought it was brilliant and hilarious. That is brilliant and hilarious. Are you kidding me? That's so funny. Yeah, it's in like 2006. I'm saying that. Wow. Well, yeah, and that's when that people were not very cool back then. No, about and, gay people. But in the general. thing is, is that my parents, when we lived in Atlanta, um, they were like the token straights of their friend group. I do remember you telling me that because yeah, we had a so, we had a conversation about that. Um, yeah, and you know, I think that that really shaped me as a person. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. literally, my middle name is named after the Kinsey scale. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. That's where it came from from dr kinsey in the kinsey scale fascinating i mean wow that's yeah yeah that's awesome holy cow i did not know that yeah so you know (laughs) weird i think it i think it's very telling of my outlook on life sure and where it ended up um but did you ever meet tyler perry i never met tyler perry Uh, okay sure sure but chloe chloe and hallie were in a tyler perry movie I I met them at a commercial shoot, but it was not at a Tyler Perry one. It was for a Cool Smiles commercial. I don't know what that is. Well, it's like dentistry for kids. Oh. (laughs) And I remember remember the production team getting mad at me because I ate this, like, orange, like, on set. They had a bunch of snacks and whatever. And I I got hungry because I'm, like, five. Sure. That's what kids do. And I ate those, like, orange crackers with, like, the peanut butter in the middle. Oh, yeah. Those things are so good. They're so good, but they're the worst to eat on, like, a dentistry. Yeah, dentistry set is probably, I mean, okay. Here's what I, if you're a production crew and you get catering to a dentistry set that involves food that is messy on your teeth, that's on you. True. And you're working with children? Like, come on. That's, that's your fault. Yeah, that's true. But that that is where I met Hallie. Um, okay, and, sure, sure. You know, our moms are still in contact to this day. And really? Stuff. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they really have come far. Um, I'm really proud of them as yeah. some of my childhood friends. You know, they probably don't remember me that much, but it's still. But I mean, your moms still talk every once in a while, and that's kind of what matters. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think I'm really proud of how far they've come in the industry, especially coming from like my little friend group of like model actor children yeah that's wonderful that's awesome so you're gonna do are you gonna do like a atlanta like atlanta baby actor reunion at some point i think probably not because i don't remember most of the people who are in that kind of group sure sure and you know other than like chloe halley like my mom like other than chloe halley's parents and stuff like that my mom was the only one who wasn't really a stage mom Ah, gotcha. Okay. Like, like one of the girls in our group, um, like the 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 rival I was talking about uh-huh. earlier. Uh-huh. Her younger sister was the little girl, and we bought a zoo. Oh wow! Yeah, dang, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, so they, she comes from like an acting right, clearly, family. Clearly, you know, all of the little girls act, and you know, huh. you know how that is. Sure, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, I. It just was never the life that I think my mom wanted for me because I I think she saw when I was at a very young age. And you know this about me a little bit. Sure. Is that um, I look for a lot of my approval from like other people. You do. Yeah. Yeah. So 
And that's that's something I'm working on. That's sure. what therapy is sure. for. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But um, that that's especially how it goes in like the acting world and stuff like that. You know, if you're not talented, if you don't live up to the expectations that you are set by the production team, you know, you're not going to make it that far. Um, mm-hmm. And that's especially the case um, with children. Yeah, I would yeah, say absolutely. you're expected yeah. to act like a little adult. And right, which is kind of messed up, honestly. Yeah, and I, I think for me, I was mature enough to, like, do that, but also, like, I think my mom also wanted me to be, be a kid, so that's Absolutely. something that I think was really valuable, and we ended up actually moving to North Carolina instead because I got into the Chinese program at Glenwood, so. Wow, wild. Yeah. That's awesome, and so your dad really did change your, your diaper in the middle of the Boston Freedom Trail. He did. And you also embarrassed him in front of a whole city block and forced him to call the firefighters and then immediately unlocked the car. I did. That's awesome. Both of those are so good. Oh, yeah. He loves telling those stories. Oh, yeah. Hey, my dad loves telling the story of me throwing up in his mouth when I was I a baby. I feel like I've heard that one before. You probably have. That's honestly one of his favorites. But that's that's hilarious either way, honestly. That's amazing. I'm so glad that it is it is at the end of the day true that you are a menace to your father even even through time. Yeah. Cuz I've only, you know, I've only seen that for, you know, 2 3 4 years. But even still, even now I I, you know, when I when I will hang out with your whole family, it's like, yeah. Yeah. That's a little yeah. Well, my brother and I are kind of double menaces, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As much as as much as uh we both annoy each other a lot we um yeah we're a team <laughs> bigger bigger fish for oh sure. yeah no we we love to make our parents lives hard um yeah as much as we love them yeah we absolutely. are we are double trouble when it comes to putting the mischief together sure that makes it copious sense to be totally honest with you well that's phenomenal we are going to take a quick break, actually, because we need to get your guests. So you got to listen to my two stories. Oh. Don't go anywhere. Hey, real quick. While Maddie is listening to my stories, if you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening, whether that's on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcast, so you'll never miss an episode. Also, just so that you all remember my two stories, here's a quick recap. In my first story, I had a friend get his hand crushed by the blinds in his dorm room on the night before one of my finals, and I had to take him to the hospital that night, then almost slept through my final the next day. And in my second story, I got to talking to a potential friend in a pre-college Zoom event, only to find out that it was her mom pretending to be her, but it still worked out because her mom recommended to her daughter that we be friends. All right, with all that out of the way, let's jump back into the action. Well, Maddie, those are my two stories. What do you think? I, you know, I'm not 100% sure. Sure. Because I feel like both are very, very likely for you. Uh-huh. You're the type of guy to get into shenanigans and, you know, Absolutely. just kind of be there. Yeah, to- totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like. The first one is not true. You feel like the first one is the lie. Okay. I feel like the first one is the lie. Why is that? Because as much as I know you were saving your stories, Mm -hmm. I remember at that time I was calling you like a lot because I was really bored and alone. (laughs) Yes, you were. Yes, yes. We talked on the phone a lot in that era. I was really bored and really alone because I was at home. I wasn't like doing anything. Right. Yeah. You didn't go anywhere for, for your first year. And I mean, Sophie, 
my my best friend yeah um had moved away so right, i was just right. kind of like by myself i was just kind of hanging there and you're my other best friend so right. i'm like sure i'm That's like what happens who else am i gonna talk to right right and annoy my friends let's sure, go sure um so i feel like i would have heard if you had been up till 4 a.m huh. i feel like i would have known at least a little bit about it or you would have mentioned something about it to me interesting interesting okay well um is that and that's more of just like a like you just think you would have heard about it before is that no, your main it's, reasoning it's more or? Of a, i think i would have been able to recognize it in your behavior huh Okay, very interesting. I might be wrong though. You might be. I've got a I've got a little little numbers game for you. You are of the nine guests that I've had on the show. Mm-hmm. You are the eighth to guess that that one is the lie and that story two is true. There's only one person who has guessed that story two is the lie and story one is true. Really? Yeah. You don't have to change your answer. I just think it's interesting. Mm. A lot of people are really gung ho about. This this Justin hand story being the fake one. Well, now I'm glad that I haven't listened to the other ones because now I feel like I would have known the the answer if I'd listened to the other ones. Do you think that everyone is right though? Um, no, but I feel like the other person who possibly was right. I feel like whoever was right, mm-hmm. I would have known. And so it would have spoiled it for me. Interesting. 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 Well, it's it's fascinating because even in all of these same guesses, I've never gotten the same reasoning twice. Really? Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, you this is no one else, you know, talked to me that that I've had on at least talk to me as often as you did, especially in that era. So that's yeah. like a unique perspective you have. But truly, I've never gotten the same like note twice on why they think which story is true and which story is fake which is interesting super fascinating but all right you are joining the the throngs of people the masses in your guess do you think that the masses are right or do you think that the masses are wrong well now you're making me feel like it's like the it's like when a teacher walks up to you and you're like Uh i don't know do you think you're Uh right uh-huh hey that's Um, my job you know, I'm not again. This is not prompting you to change it. I'm I'm merely just having I, a good time I, with I it. I still feel like I'm gonna stick with my answer sure, because absolutely. you are the friend that everyone's parents love. So That's I, true. I, I like my parents love you. Yeah, absolutely. Easy. They're like, "How's Cutter doing?" <laughs> um, sure, sure. So I feel like that's like a very likely thing. Huh. All right. Well. That's wonderful. I'm very excited to reveal the story because this is the second to last episode. This is the last episode with a formal guest in in the way that you and I are sitting here and you're telling me stories. Um, It's fascinating because I'm very excited to reveal I've been keeping this a secret from everyone. There is a total of one person who knows which story is true besides the people in, you know, the respective stories. Right. Um, but yeah, there's exactly one person other than me who knows which one is true. So I'm very, I'm very excited to reveal. I think it's going to be a, a good time and a phenomenal final episode um, where we're going to get a lot of reactions from a lot of people and see if everyone is right or everyone is wrong. <laughs> it's very exciting. Well, thank you so much for your guess. Of course. Thank you for having me. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for joining me. I think we learned that while you've never cursed as a child in front of Tyler Perry, you have done it in front of parents and that just really fits into your overall menacehood of being a monster child. 
I'm personally a big fan of that. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me. Where can listeners find more of you? So, uh, listeners can find more of me on Instagram at artsy. So that's A R T S Y underscore science. Um, that's just my public Instagram. Uh, happy to talk to people if they want to know more stories. <laughs> um, sure, sure. And my Twitter at Punky Strudel. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Please go uh, support your local uh, rape crisis center, as well as um, the Trevor Project, which yeah. helps gay youth. I think that that's a really important thing, especially in today's day and age. Um, and honestly, just be a good ally. Like, support Black Lives Matter. Do it. Nice. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Wow, what a phenomenal, just like, what a great promotion as well. And what a what a good, good heart. Hey, well, you know, I'm personally, I am someone who has always been um, not, I guess, social justice warrior, but like not like in the weird but bad like way. Social justice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and also go support table. They especially during covid uh, with food insecurity. They um, have been supporting children uh, through delivery of meals. Um, oh, okay. And that's in like the Chapel Hill Carborough area. Uh, so it's a little bit far out from Raleigh, but um, they're a really great organization. Um, personal, I'm personal friends. Well, my mom is, but she's sure. still on the board. So, you sure. Know. But it's a really great organization. They do a lot for the community. Um, and I think it's important that we support local charities. Um, yeah, absolutely. Especially ones that help combat food insecurity and food deserts, which is something that I am very passionate about. Yeah, wonderful. Well, Maddie, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. That will do it for this episode. Our intro music is Pop Nugget off of Compositions 2, used under the Creative Commons license found on Free Music Archive. Our outro music is Vintage News off Production Music, used under the Creative Commons license also found on Free Music Archive. I've been Cutter. This has been You'll Never Believe Me But, and thank you all for listening. Good day and good night. Good night.